Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. We've got a great speaker today. Hope you enjoy. Do you ever feel when you're preparing something and you give it everything and you just still don't feel prepared? Does anyone, can anyone sympathize with me on that? Has anyone been there and done that? Yeah? Oh man, I don't know what's been going on, but. So yeah, so good to be here this morning. Um, uh, and thanks for the opportunity to Aaron for the letting me preach. I must have done something right the last time and not been, I've been getting that um, reputation of the fine line of preaching against the battles of male and female and husband and wife. And we're actually going to go there today again at some point. But uh, yeah, so uh, I was uh, looking into what makes a sermon good. Um, and I found this word of wisdom. And it says that the secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and have the two as close together as possible. And some of you Rangers and Celtic fans might appreciate that today because there's a big game on this afternoon. So, yeah, I, I thought I'd kick off the sort of Christmas season. I'm not going to go down the nativity way because that's for the next couple of weeks. But I really just wanted to touch on, you know, the gift that God's given us through um, Christmas and the gift of salvation that's there for all of us to respond to. Um, and as I was thinking about the gift that God gives us, it got me thinking a little bit more than what Christmas is really like in the family home. We put our tree up uh, this week and I thought we would do it. I thought this year is going to be the year that we don't fall out over Christmas tree lights. <laughs> and to protect that, what I do is just remain as far away from the situation as possible. So I was upstairs preparing for today and left Sarah and Amelia uh, to do the lights. And soon enough, the messenger Amelia was sent up. We need your help. I said, you'll figure it out. Just keep trying. And they didn't. And I went down and we had our annual Christmas light fall out there and then. <laughs> But we, got, we recover quicker, that is the positive. Take the positive things, we recovered quicker. So, yeah, so, but yeah, Christmas, it involves a lot of building stuff. And I don't know what you dads are like when it comes to building toys up. Um, is anyone here brave enough to say they're a master of toy building for Christmas? Or can you picture, I mean, it's certainly what it's like in our house after the Christmas Eve service, you really would love to put the fire on and have a glass of wine, but you've got multiple things to do that's most likely going to lead to the early hours of the morning. Is that the same in everyone's household, or is it just getting a few nods off of, that's great to hear. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so kind of got me thinking um, along that, and I thought I would do a little bit of research into what it was really like throughout the country for people building toys and things up for Christmas, be it the Christmas tree, the Christmas lights, or the presents for uh, the children, etc. So I want to ask a flat out question. Who is a believer of using instructions? Okay, so we've got <laughs> not a lot of people to be fair. Who would rather give it a go first and then, as a last resort, turn to the instructions. Yeah. All right, let me ask those questions again, now that you know what they are. Who goes straight for the instructions and follows them 
word for word. Man alive. And who wings it till they've admitted defeat? Amazing. So like a 50-50 split. I actually thought the 50-50 split would be men and women there. Men apparently not being so good at using instructions. And yeah, women would prefer to go down that road. Um, whether it even be uh, driving instructions, where you're going. Does anyone like to just think they know how to get there? And we'll travel around before resorting to a sat-nav or having or humbling themselves to pull over and ask somebody for a direction. So here is what the world has to say about this subject. You'll see the pattern develop pretty soon that it's a one-sided um, one-sided battle here. So here goes. My other half calls instruction manuals destructions and he refuses to use them on the basis that they are usually wrong and that he can in fact put the thing together without them yes and that's why when he put our son's crib together he had to redo the feet lol seriously let him do it then you can stand there smug and smirking saying i told you so when it goes wrong nobody in here would do a thing like that would they joe Came at a right time there, Zara. <laughs> Next one said, My husband thinks instructions are for the thick, and he can manage. Sigh. I just leave him to get on with it now. Next person said, This is how putting anything up goes in my house. I'm just going to make myself a brew, then I'll get started. I think that's really good advice there. That's, you know, you've got to lower the stress levels, get yourself in the zone, have a coffee, check what's going on in Sky Sports. <laughs> Delay it a little bit longer and see what else is going on in Sky Sports. Then, right, okay, we better get something done here. So, she then says to him, have you read the instructions yet? No, I'll read them while I'm drinking my tea. Again, really good advice. Okay, I go in 10 minutes later and check how it's going. How is it going, dear? Lousy, this piece doesn't seem to fit right. Have you read the instructions? Yes. So, you read the part where it said that has to be done last? No, I skipped that bit. Husband's looking rather embarrassed. How about the part that said those screws you're using is for the other piece? No, I skipped that part too. You didn't read the instructions, did you? No. Do you want me to read them to you while you're working? No, you'll read them wrong. <laughs> so annoying. A job I know could be done in 30 minutes takes over two hours because he won't read the instructions and he won't let me help. LOL, my... Other half is exactly like this too. He tried telling me that our IKEA bookcase had come with two broken shelves when he put two of them on the wrong way around. And we had to buy, I love this, I love this definition. This is definitely from, uh, this. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. We had to buy special shelf edging stuff <laughs> to hide the rough edges he managed to, and he managed to break the bottom bit. The next person says, quite openly, don't see a problem in them not reading the instructions because I don't read the instructions either. I just figure it out as I go. So there's a quick um, idea of what's going on in the family home when it comes to instructions. Badly prepared moment here. So I thought I would put this to the test. Off the battle of instructions, 
versus no instructions. So I need two volunteers and I've volunteered you already. So Mel, come on up Mel, who likes, yeah. Mel, you said you use instructions? Yep, awesome. That's these ones. So come and take a seat up here, Mel. And Che, we'd love to have you up here as well, mate. I know he also said he uses instructions. <laughs> so take a seat, guys, get comfy. So Zara said, have you got a table? And I did consider having all out, but I thought this is better to do in real life circumstances. When you're trying to watch the football and a kid asks you to put one of these Kinder Egg toys together, has anyone experienced the pain yet? You actually need an engineering degree to put one of these things together. And so what we've got, hopefully three takes the right amount of time, is three eggs or toys out of Kinder Egg. The chocolate's not been eaten, don't worry. And two. Also you have three, buddy. But you have no instructions. So Let's give us some music and let's just see how quickly on the, from the cute, how quickly these guys can put these toys together. One with instructions and one without. Now listen, if this totally goes backfires on me, humanity does not hinge on a kinder egg toy. We'll get to that bit later. Making progress. Jay, how is it going without instructions? He's not even got an image to see what I just put together. There's no one to break a nail. She's making progress. Should have guessed about it. Hell of a out there, this is what's coming your way. You usually get asked at the most inconvenient, inappropriate time to try and do this. Usually when you've just walked in the door from work. She's on a mission. Great job, Mel. I can't believe you did that one so quick. There's two more. <laughs> Maybe a really easy one. Wow, there's one put together. No pressure, Shape. Good stuff. Next one wins. Let's prove my whole theory here. 
this was not meant to happen. fair it actually makes me feel a lot better because I think they are terrible instructions when I look at them I think who would put that together cheers to you <laughs> so yeah so I want to um, obviously use that illustration and some of the funny things we talked about um oh yeah Sarah who won it was I, th I said it was a draw actually I think there's two and two Sarah was on the edge of her seat there wanting to see who won that there Sorry, Zara, catching so much tension there. <laughs> so, I want to read a, a Bible verse and then just use some more illustrations. But um, in Psalm 25, verse 4 to 10, David, who, who's writing this, says, and it, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point, me on, point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. So, uh, in there, David's expressing his desire for guidance. And how do we receive God's guidance? Um, the first step is to want to be guided and to realize that God's primary guidance system is his word, the Bible. Now, I grew up being called a Bible basher for reading this. Did anyone else experience that persecution? Yeah, it's not nice. But yeah, God wants to speak to us through his word and help us navigate the challenges and the trials of life. And more often than not, people don't want to 
give God's word a go. They don't want to pick it up and read it. I've been there myself, grown up through my teenage years. Uh, just had no interest, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, uh, and the fruit of that came later on in life. But God's word is complete, uh, and it has an endless knowledge. Um, and by reading the Bible and constantly learning from it, we'll gain the wisdom to perceive God's wisdom, uh, direction for our lives. Um, we may be tempted to demand answers from God, but David, when he wrote this, rather than demand answers, he asked for direction. And when we're willing to seek God and learn from his words and obey his commands, then we'll receive the guidance that we're looking for and even see that the calling that God has on each one of our lives. Um, so Psalm, that's Psalm 25, verse 4 to 10. So really, our life, um, we could use lots of illustrations. I, I, I've always worked on building sites. I never stuck in at school, if you like. That's what we all say on a building site. Um, but on, on building sites, when we're building houses, um, we follow a plan um, and a guide and instructions um, that come from building control and from an architect's drawn, and therefore the guys on the building site will follow it. But could you imagine if you came in to, let's say, a money pot of £300,000, mysteriously found its way towards you, and all of a sudden, the plot of land that you've always wanted to build a house on became available, and just so happens, the amount of money that you've got will actually be enough to buy the plot and build the house. So you submit, uh, you buy the plot and you submit your plans for planning, and it gets approved. It would be crazy to assume that you would then just decide that you don't need any guidance or any detail or any help and that you would in fact just do this yourself. So you turn up with your spade or your shovel and start digging foundations, but foundations need to be at a certain depth, they need to be constructed in a certain way um, to then take the load off the house. So from then, you've maybe not even marked out the critical points of the house, so the boundary points, which is extremely important when building a house, because if it's out even by a fraction, that house could have to be come down, and that's the reality of building control. Um, you then wouldn't just guess the materials that were to be used. You wouldn't just guess what kind of heating it should have. Should it be oil, gas, renewables? You wouldn't just put all this together or guess your way through it and then ask building control to come along and say, as it passed, because the likelihood is they would say, no, it needs to come down. And it's the same with life when we talk about the Christian faith. Um, God set aside tr the truth, wh why we're here, why the world was it created, how it was created. It's all written in here, um, but there's so many people will, would rather just almost go through life without checking out these details. Um, and I, I, with the Christmas, um, message that God came to give us his son as a gift to um, pay or make a way for us to come back in to God's presence because sin separated us from him. Um, building that house could also be seen like the leaning tower of uh, Pisa. You seen that? Have we got a picture of that? There you go. Imagine what your house would look like if you built it without any um, reference to what the details from the architect and the engineers and the structural engineers suggested. 
Um, that, this building had to be stopped in its progress twice because, as you can see, it wasn't looking too clever. Maybe they didn't have spirit levels back then. I'm guessing they didn't. But um, yeah, so the foundations were too weak on one side. And there you have it, the finished result. Um, but because they left it for apparently 100 years, it's now stable. But you wouldn't catch me going up to the eighth floor in there, would you? Fancy that? To ring those bells? I'll leave that for somebody else. So yeah, so I really just um, want to challenge us a little bit this time, time of year, Christmas coming up, um, to think about what, why we celebrate Christmas, what it's all about, why we meet in church week after week, and what's the importance of it all. And what I want to encourage you is to look into um, the truth we always say when we preach, listen, but do your own sort of research um, as well. The truth is in life, no matter how we live it, no matter how successful we are, no matter um, our achievements, how much money we've made, the houses we've had, the cars we've had, it'll all boil down to one thing at the end. And I'd like to use the story of the Titanic here, um, which you all know, uh, uh, on its maiden voyage, it hit a, an iceberg and sank, a, a terrible, tragic story. Um, and multiple people lost their lives due to this event uh, and this accident. Um, and on that boat, there was tears. There was the lower class, the middle class, and the upper class. And there was people who were rich and poor. There was people of different faiths, different religions, people of different occupation, um, a real mix of people. And when that ship sank, the Liverpool docks, they put up two large boards. And for days and weeks after it, people would go to those boards to see what was being um, said, or, or the names that were written on one board that said, known to be lost, and on the other board that said, known to be saved. Uh, and the reality is that no matter how we live our lives here, how many achievements we have and how many things we accomplish, it will boil down to where will our name be written. And the Bible says it's written either in the book of life or it's not. Similar to that of the Titanic, that you, people will be known to be lost and people will be known to be saved. And those who are saved are those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ and those who have turned from their sin and repented and asked God to help then guide them as he fills us with his Holy Spirit. Uh, it says in John, 1 John 5, verse 11 to 12, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and that this life is in his Son, Jesus. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So God has given us his Son as a gift, and we simply need to acknowledge him. No good deeds can, can qualify us for eternal life in heaven. Um, no matter how much money we donate, nothing we can do in our strength can make us right with God. It has to be through us um, acknowledging that God's given us his son, Jesus Christ, who then died on the cross for our sins. He did it, um, he does it freely and out of pure love for each one of us. 
Um, and yeah, the Bible then goes on to tell us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Um, so yeah, I, I'm keeping it short today because we've had the um, we've had a lot going on this morning, and we want to celebrate next door. But yeah, I just want to with the Christmas message coming, I really just wanted to ask you guys where you were at. Um, would you give more thought to the Christmas message? It's not um, one of my mates put up on Facebook that here we go again that time of year where we spend what we don't have on the things that we don't need. And I was like, mate, come on, there's a bit more joy to Christmas than that, surely. And there's a lot of joy in Christmas because we get to celebrate what God's given us. He brought hope to a world that was weary. He's given us a second chance, and that is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I really encourage each one of us to read what God says. He wants to speak to us through his Bible. He wants to save us. He wants to um, have a, a involvement in our lives and he wants to guide us to save us from making um, mistakes and ultimately get into that stage where we, f- when we like these people in the Titanic, would we find our name written on, and known to be saved or known to be lost. And God's heart is for each one of us to be saved and to be um, with him for eternity rather than separation. So... This book of instructions is very worthwhile reading. It's, it is a case of life and death um, for each one of us. Uh, the importance of reading instructions, I actually just had a, another friend who sent one of his plumbers to a job last week and he fitted the right shower. He fitted it in the right, um, he fitted the right shower, sorry, but he fitted it in the wrong house. <laughs> So there was a little rant went on social media of what his employee had done. And it's easy to make mistakes. It's easy to think we've got it right. But we need God's guidance. And that's what David was saying in Psalm 25. Um, Show me the right path. Because without God, we will walk a life that um, will only lead us further and further away from the truth. I'm going to invite the band up and Aaron up. Aaron's just going to close the service quickly. Um, uh, for everything that's going on but yeah why didn't the band come up and thanks for listening guys and uh, appreciate